This is Ask an Expat with Marcus and Matt from An Expat's Russia, where we answer your questions about what it's like to live, work, and travel in Russia. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode. Today, we're going to talk about why you should teach English in Russia. The first reason that we came up with was that it's very easy to get a job either before you go or after you arrive in Russia. I had really no struggle with this. As soon as I arrived in Russia, it was quite easy to teach English just about anywhere. But I think if you're in, in Moscow, there are lots of other opportunities as well. Marcus, what was, what was your experience? I should preface this all by saying um, I showed up without anything. I just bought a one-way ticket to Russia. You know, didn't know anybody who didn't have any contacts lined up. So and it worked out for me. So how, how long did it take you to, to get some, some teaching going? I mean, I was able to start teaching within two weeks once I kind of settled down. Right. My experience was, let's see. So the, my first teaching, I, I definitely wanted something concrete before going to Russia. So I went to Moscow. I got a job at a little uh, language school outside of Moscow. And that was kind of my, you know, anchor. And uh, I had a contract, uh, I think a nine month contract with them. But a lot, lots of people can kind of show up and on, you know, on a different type of visa and get a better position, go get a work visa and then come back. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, uh, it's just because the language school or, you know, the international school or maybe the, if it's a private family or something, they do want to interview you if possible. Right. So the people in Russia will 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 have will get that kind of uh, though the people hiring the companies hiring will prefer to to in, see those people right in person and then it's kind of that's why the people outside of Russia so if you're trying to get a job in Russia and you're outside of Russia the jobs available are entry level English positions even if you have experience you kind of have to get there but once you get there you can quickly you know right. get something else right right or lots of lots of private teaching so the demand is high everywhere but if you're one of those people who really want to have something set up then you'll you'll have to go with something that you can get at a maybe a smaller language school well, I think uh, the bigger commitment ones, that you can the bigger ones higher too but again the ones that are willing to hire you up front you know, I don't want to say they prey on those people, but those teachers are usually willing to accept less of a salary for, you know, the sort of predictability that when they arrive, they've got something lined up. Right. And they know this. So, right, right. Just want to make that clear. The, the second kind of really big plus we thought about was the unpredictability that Russia offers people. I don't know about you, Marcus, but when I got to Russia, growing up in America, life was always very, very predictable. Living in Russia, some people might not see this as a reason to live in Russia, but I found that it, it you know, enriched my life in, in many different ways, professionally and, you know, just, just on a personal level. But being able to be resourceful and, and get around difficult situations, I think is something that younger Americans struggle with. You know, when you have adversity in front of you and you're going to have it in front of you all the time in Russia, you know, it teaches you to be kind of more mentally tough and and kind of find a, a solution when one might not be immediately apparent. 
That's, I know that's kind of vague. <laughs> For me, the unpredict unpredictability of Russia was awesome. You know, like I said, it, it taught me these skills that I was able to apply to other areas of my life. And, uh, but I'd be interested to hear your experience. Right. So when we're, when we're talking about unpredictability, I, th I think, you know, you, you mentioned that it's kind of strange to say that that's a, a you know, positive thing, but examples of this could be, you know, your schedule changes, um, at the last minute, right. something cancels, uh, uh, the bus doesn't come on time, you know, like maybe the subway train, which actually rarely happens, traffic jams. It's kind of interesting to see it from that perspective. I agree with you, and I, I don't know if our audience understands quite what we mean yeah, if, exactly. if they haven't been to Russia, but I found that I was able to kind of rely on different I was able to, one, adapt very quickly right. when things and, changed. And I was too. And a lot of people would think that that's kind of, it puts more stress on you. But you kind of, once you once you learn how to, okay, well, something's changed now, I have to, you know, slightly go at it a different angle. Right. I don't know. It's just, it just came to natural to me. And, and a lot of Russians actually told me that, that's why they like Russia. They spend time right. abroad and they, they come back to Russia saying it's too predictable in, right. in Europe and in, in the West. So, and it is. Um, and then... I mean, that's not just like a, an objective, yeah. uh, subjective thought. I mean, life is much more planned out in the U.S. than in Russia. Um, I think I said in another video that, you know, you have these different types of, you know, things that you're doing in... The United States, for example, where, you know, you're planning things out years and years in advance. I mean, no Russians are doing that. And so, you know, right. retirement planning and again, there are obviously positives to that. I'm not saying that, you know, if you live in Russia, you should stop thinking about what you're going to do when you turn 65. <laughs> but the skills that you learn by not having to think about that and think about how do I solve this immediate problem are, are incredibly valuable. But anyway, right. the next thing or the next reason why you should teach English in Russia is just the opportunity for travel um, in the region. So Russia, Eastern Europe, Central Asia, I mean, it's a very, very um, interesting part of the world that very few people know about. If you're based in Moscow or really any large city in Russia, um, you can travel to these other places very, very easily. And, um, you know, there's lots to see and do. I mean, I've been to Georgia, to Armenia. I would love to go to Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan. I have a very good friend who's in Kyrgyzstan right now. And um, he's actually done a YouTube video, so we'll, we'll put a link below. Um, you can just see how different and, and interesting it is to see these, this other part of the world that, that no one travels to. I was really kind of surprised that I spent some time in Tunisia, Morocco, mm -hmm. Turkey, from, from Moscow. So we, you, we took, um, you know, trips, they call them um, like all-inclusive yep, trips. Yep, yep even though you're, you know, at the hotel or whatever, but we took a lot of tours and things like that. But being on those trips, I didn't meet hardly anyone who spoke English natively. So maybe a few Britons, a few Brits, but no, no Americans. Right. And, and people who, who asked where I was from, it's a, you know, what are you doing in Turkey? What are you doing in Tunisia? So that was kind of interesting to, go to those places and um, 
the locals were surprised that an American was there. But right. I often went to Finland, just drove to Finland. I, I liked, uh, you know, driving from Moscow to St. Petersburg to Finland yep. to, to Estonia for even a long, a long weekend. We, we would go to like the direction of Latvia, yep. not quite to the border, but Estonia, Latvia. We drove to Voronezh. So just around um, Moscow and St. Petersburg, there's a lot of places, but also, mm -hmm. you know, you can take trains, overnight trains. So let's say even if you're teaching English and you have a tight schedule, you could take an overnight train to, you know, you could kind of get off, get off work Friday, take the overnight train to St. Petersburg, right? Uh, spend St. Peter, spend saturday sunday in st petersburg and get on the overnight train yeah, yeah. back you could do the same thing in kazan Voronezh, uh smolensk like any direction from from moscow and then you know europe and like you said asia is is just right. i don't know three to five hour flight right right well so, central asia you know if we want to talk about southeast asia which is also central relatively asia. easy to get to you know it's yeah the travel is, is literally endless. I mean, Moscow is almost a center point for all of Europe, Asia, and Africa. And so you can get really anywhere in, in the shortest period of time. Overnight I'm, train to, to Kiev. Right, yeah. I wouldn't recommend that train, but the option is there. <laughs> I've taken it a few <laughs> times. It's uh, quite dilapidated. It's actually the train from Moscow to Kiev is actually the moscow Kishinev train to Moldova. And it's run by the Moldovans. And... The train is not in tip-top shape. Let's just leave it at that. And it's quite expensive for what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah. anyway, the last reason that you should teach English in Russia is that it's a culturally rich country. So Russia actually has so much to offer from a tourism perspective, from arts, museums, history. I mean, there's so much to see and do. It's just in Moscow and St. Petersburg alone. But if you really want to see what Russia has to offer, getting out into some of the smaller cities, while the infrastructure might not be there, there's still so much to see and do from a cultural point of view. And uh, I think it's, it's, Russia is very underrated um, as, a, as a tourist destination, in my opinion. What do you think, Marcus? Yeah, I was surprised how, I was surprised how, um, you know, every weekend we could potentially go to a new museum ballet orchestra yeah you know modern art museum some some kind of exhibition like yeah. moscow and st petersburg especially but there's just if you love or if you're interested in in russian culture you know i i think you wouldn't be able to to fit all of the activities right. in with you know if you're teaching english for a year or even two you might not be able to see all that if you don't right. go more than once a week so and then for my for my daughters my young daughters you know we we went to a lot of like plays and we went to an opera and things that i don't know if we were in the u.s that they would ever experience at the same age right, right. you could could probably go to a big city and and go to some kind of musical or something like that but, well uh, i think one other aspect in russia point out here is that if you do that in the U.S., it's incredibly expensive. I mean, you can go to, you know, a ballet or an opera in Russia 
and go to the second or the third tier, right? If you want to go to Bolshoi Theater in Moscow, of course, it's going to be expensive. But again, you can even find cheaper prices there if you're kind of, you keep watch and you're flexible. Um, but in the US, right. I mean, it can be very, very expensive. Whereas in Russia, you can go to a yeah, I don't even tier. I don't even know the prices. I know um, typically it's more, but we would actually go to the the local theaters, like well, that's what I mean, all around Moscow, tier, right? Yeah. You, okay, yeah. So so there were plenty of options. So, but besides just Russian culture, right? You, I I think you we're gonna get into this. I was surprised when you see the amount of Armenian restaurants and and just the Georgian restaurants and the culture even from from the you know, CIS Soviet, yeah. countries. Yeah. Well, so, actually, interesting. Cuisine. Mm -hmm. Well, interesting is that in the United States, Georgian cuisine is very rare. You can really only find it in a handful of major major cities. It's usually quite expensive. I mean, in Moscow, there's a Georgian restaurant in every corner and it's always fantastic. I mean, a, a trip to Georgia is worth it just to eat the food for a weekend. Of course, there's lots of other great things to see and do there, but the food is, is certainly a highlight. And I know all expats who've spent time in Russia, English teachers especially, Georgian food is cheap. It's amazing. It's very, very popular in Russia. It's actually kind of surprising it's not more popular in the West. Um, one thing that I was really surprised when I when I traveled through Russia. I think uh, maybe some people wouldn't think about it. You know, you think about Russia and you think Russian speaking, you know, kind of the stereotypes of Russia or Russians. I traveled from Moscow to Irkutsk by train. Mm -hmm. And in every city, every major city that we stopped, um, I was surprised that it was quite different like the, the the feel of the city, even St. Petersburg and Moscow. Sure. Right. Well, those feel very. So different. when we talk about culturally rich and and the opportunities of travel, I felt like even for example, when I was in Kazan, you're walking down the street and you hear, what is it? The uh, Russian, and uh, Tatar. What do they speak in Tatar? Yeah, they speak Tatar and uh, Russian. Well, in the like, metro now, I what, don't know if you noticed you know, this in Kazan, but in the metro, they do the all of the you know announcements in, I think it's Russian, English, and then Tatar. So you got three languages in the metro. Yeah. <laughs> all the signs are in all three languages too. But as you go, you know, even to, to cities, that was the most different, the, you know, the city with that I really remember being really different from uh, Moscow, but every city has its own, own uh, kind of, atmosphere and right i would say there's things. one exception to this and that's novosibirsk i don't know if you've been there but it was the blandest city of over a million people i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> there was nothing really to see or do it was just like a concrete kind of mass i would not recommend people going to Novosibirsk. yeah i mean i've i've been there um i thought it was interesting how you know kind of the layout of the city and and um but the city itself, how it looks, I agree with you. But um, there were some really good restaurants. Yes. No, I'm not saying you shouldn't go there at all. I guess I should have maybe <laughs> prefaced this by saying it's not like a tourist city. If you really just want to know what a, you know the biggest yeah. Siberian city is like and how people are and you know eat at local restaurants, then it's fantastic. But from a yeah. tourism yeah. point of view, I, I can't really 
of all the other great places. There wasn't much to, to do. Not much yeah. to see or do. Anyway, so those are the four reasons why we think you should teach English in Russia. And to recap, um, it's easy to get a job in Russia. That's always fantastic. The unpredictability teaches you valuable skills, travel to new destinations, and just the cultural richness of Russia are fantastic. You can think of other reasons why people should teach English in Russia. Let us know in the comments and we'll see you in another video.